No, nah, man, thank you for having me, man. It's um, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, kind of weird how it came about, but at the same time, yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this this opportunity, man. Just the just the you know have the name out there and um, sure talk about the experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. I know I, did, I told you a little bit over Twitter and email, but um, it's called Forgotten Lakers. Uh, I've done about 20, 23, something like that episodes with uh, former Los Angeles Lakers. You know, basically players not named Magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant or Shaquille O'Neal. Right. Uh, just the guys that, um, you know, who were on the Lakers for maybe a year or two or like in your case, uh, had a preseason stint with them. Couple calls. Yeah, a cup of coffee, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, gosh, I'm trying to think if I would have talked to. I've I did an episode with Devin George, so he would have been in camp with you in '99. Yeah. yeah. Um, that might have been it. I've yeah, I've reached out to. No, I, I talked to John Celestand. I did an episode with him. Um, from that year, I think that's it. You know, I've I've reached out to you know. So many guys and maybe 20 something have agreed. And so it, I just started doing this a few months ago. So it's been a lot of fun and, uh, it definitely has an audience. You know, there, as you know, there are Laker fans all over the world. Yeah, man. That was so, a foundation uh, that's followed, uh, internationally. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, cause I, I can track like, you know, how many people are listening and downloading the episodes. And, you know, there's, a, I get a lot of listens in Germany and Australia, Ecuador, like everywhere. Oh. It's crazy. Wow. Oh. So, yeah, so everyone just like yeah, everyone just likes hearing y'all stories. So again, um, man, this, this so for you to do this, man, actually, you know, um for our names not to be Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, you know. Yeah. I can go on and on about the Lakers history, but the fact that our names are not those guys and you're doing this and giving us this platform, man, is 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 huge. So I appreciate it. You know, I don't know how the other guys feel about it. Maybe they maybe think it's something that they don't want to remember or things like that. But everything about my past leads to, you know, where I'm at right now in my future. So that was a very important time. Oh, no, that's cool. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, you know, I always wonder, like, if guys, because a lot of guys don't respond, and even some who do respond say they're not interested. And so I don't know if it's, sometimes maybe like a sore spot if the, their Lakers stint didn't go well or wasn't right. as long as they wanted. Right. Um, or or maybe, you know, I even thought like, man, is the name Forgotten Lakers kind of yeah. mean? Oh, like, oh, right. <laughs> you don't want to be labeled as a Forgotten Laker, man. But Forgotten Laker, yeah. <laughs> present Laker, you know, it, it didn't matter to me. I was a Laker. And yeah, itself <laughs> is, is prestigious enough to have me talk about it rather than not. If I was there for five years five months five days you know it, it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was all great to me well cool uh well so to get started um so what's this tournament like that is it the tbt that i've uh, found you on twitter like uh what's your involvement with that yeah it's uh the basketball tournament uh which is now in its fifth mm-hmm. season uh this will be our inaugural season and participating in it um team of uh all former cincinnati bearcat alumni um, that will be participating. Oh, cool. Uh, I was casted as GM slash coach of the squad, but looking to uh, lace them up one last time to get it out of my system uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as playing. But great opportunity, again, to be thrusted in, back onto a platform where, you know, you like to think that you gave 
everything you had during your college time for your university. So, you know, just uh-huh. having that chance to do that all over again with some of the guys that you either play with or watch play through the program. You know, it's, it's an exciting venture. That sounds really cool. You mentioned, uh, you know, there's Cincinnati Bearcats. I did an episode with Tony Bobbitt um, <laughs> a cu- couple Bob, months ago. Tom, Do you know Tony? Tony's crazy, man. I, I like Tony. Tony was uh, Tony. brought the attitude and aggression, you know, and passion to the basketball floor. You know, and he wasn't shy, you know, about letting you know. Yeah. You know, Tony. Tony was a talker. <laughs> you know, so he. Oh, really? <laughs> definitely a trash talking guy. So I enjoyed Tony Bobbitt's time and. You know, I know out there with the Lakers, he had a you know a pretty good stand out there as well. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed talking to him, and uh, he had nothing but great things to say about Cincinnati and Bob Huggins. And uh, if I'll uh, send you the link to his episode, he was he was really cool. Mm-hmm. How did you? Uh, so, like the first question I usually ask like former Lakers when uh, just to get started, um, a little bit about your basketball history. How did you get started with basketball, and uh, when did you realize that you had a real future in it? Well, going back to, you know, my early, you know, adolescent years, I was, you know, mainly a football player, um, mm-hmm. wide receiver and, and safety and, you know, kind of immersed myself in the flag football and all that stuff like that. And, you know, after a while, you know, I found myself being the only one that was going to the football field. You know, a lot of my buddies mm-hmm. were starting to now venture off to the local recreation center to go shoot hoops or at the outdoor, you know, playground area to shoot baskets. Whereas, you know, again, a couple of us kids just, you know, play football, got to be playing by myself, you know, so that kind of was a decision in itself to kind of start trying, you know, the game of basketball. But Uh when I got out there, I, you know, I realized I could jump higher than some of the yeah. older teenagers, you know, the 15, the 16, 17-year-old guys that were actually playing. And yeah. it got fun to me. Um, it got fun to have me out there for some of the older guys because, again, they realized I could jump and get a rebound. So they usually stuck yeah. in situations to try to get a rebound and stuff like that. But um, skills progressed. Um, I got stronger, you know, at jumping. Uh, not per se mm-hmm. basketball skills at that point. I think, you know, my jumping really developed, you know, much more early than my basketball game did. Uh, and I became a dunker, you know, going into my eighth grade year. Uh, that, that, that I was just going to ask, how old were you the first time you dunked? Do you yeah, remember? I was in eighth grade. Um, it was wow. one of those things that took place in the park, you know, in the summertime. And it was just one of those kept trying it type of deals. You know, I would just go mm-hmm. run and jump, run and jump, run and jump. And finally, I got up and did it and went back and told everybody in the neighborhood, brought a few friends back and tried it about 10 more times and missed all 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, my first game dunk was in a junior high basketball game, eighth grade. And that was when I think, you know, Melvin Levitt's basketball career uh, really began. Very cool. Um, so... Uh, where are you from initially? Are you from the Cincinnati area, or how did you get settled uh, to play there? Originally from Cleveland. Um, okay. Ventured uh, through the Cincinnati area uh, during my times of AAU basketball and uh, summer summer hoops and stuff like that. Um, and became really attracted to the university, you know, upon watching them, you know, in the NCAA Final Four against Michigan. 
I really didn't know who they were. Um, at that time, I was kind of, you know, watching the whole Michigan nostalgia, the Fab, Fab Five, you know, with everything that was going on with that. But couldn't help but to notice, you know, this team that they were playing against that was just giving them heck, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just watching the style of play, you know, watching those guys get up and down the floor the way they did. It was a pressing style of basketball. I uh, had some very notable players at that time, uh, Nick Van Exel being one. Uh, Herb, oh, sure. Herb Jones being another, uh, Corey Blunt being one. So they had some guys that, you know, on the team that, you know, were really good athletes and could play. So that kind of drew my attention there in 93 with that squad. Then as the next year went on, I became a junior, you know, 94, 95, going into my senior year, you know, started to meet uh-huh. some more. And, you know, Coach Huggins would come to some of the AAU games and um, Coach Larry Harrison, they're all at West Virginia now on the same staff, but they would, you know, come to the events and let me know the interest. And honestly, I, I kind of fell in love with the University of Cincinnati my junior year. Um, all five college visits, as you know, you can take five and you can go anywhere in the country mm-hmm. you want to go. I chose to come all five visits to the University of Cincinnati. Um, oh, wow. because, <laughs> because, again, it, you know, I, I knew I knew it was a place for me to be. It, it, again, it was it was close to home. Uh, again, being from uh-huh. Brooklyn, family could still get to see me play. Uh, but again, overall, when I got down here and watched something that I'm not sure if you're familiar with, it's called Midnight Madness. And it's kind of mm-hmm. the opening of your season to showcase your team. It's an open practice to the public. And I remember being there as a junior in high school, and it was sold out, you know, over 13,000 people there just to watch practice. And I just, mm-hmm. I just thought that was just the greatest thing. You know, and, and seeing the fanfare and watching those guys go out there and do their thing, it was like, you know what, this is what I want to be a part of. This is where I want to be. So my college decision was made that night at Midnight Madness, you know, as a junior. But, again, um, I just think Cincinnati was a place for me. You know, it fit my style of basketball play. And, you know, Bob Huggins was a coach that was motivating in so many ways and playing for some of the guys that I played with in Cleveland, you know, Coach Mike Moran formerly of John Carroll University, Ted Kwasniak, you know, Villangelo St. Joe's where I went to high school at one of my stints. Those guys were motivators. You know, they were guys, mm-hmm. that, they were guys, they got in your face and they made you understand what you were not doing and what you needed to do. So having Huggins as my next coach, you know, um, didn't really bother me as far as, you know, everybody saying how he acted because, again, I've had those type of coaches that demanded things from me. So it was a perfect fit. Very cool. Did you um, end up staying there all four years? Yeah, all four years here uh, at the university. Um, didn't mm-hmm. really start playing until the latter part, you know, of my freshman year, going into my sophomore year. Saw some, you know, short minutes, but got the opportunity again um, through, as they say, the fraternity of waiting your turn. Uh-huh. You know, my breakout season was my junior year, going into my senior year. Uh, so those are my two years that kind of helped me get that draft position that I got. Um, I like to think that if I played a little bit more my freshman year and sophomore year, yeah, you know, I probably would got a higher draft position. But you know, um, the name was called, so that's all you asked for. <laughs> yeah, really cool. I ended up getting drafted by Detroit, and then uh, obviously the whole purpose of this podcast is for us to get a chance to discuss your Lakers stint. Um, 
So were you traded immediately to Detroit or uh, how did that work out? I mean, I'm sorry, traded from Detroit to LA, like on draft night, or did no, you think I, uh, you were going to be a piston for a while? Yeah, I actually thought, you know, I was, I was going to be a piston. Um, I, um, spent maybe three and a half, four weeks there, uh, getting ready for training camp, you know, going through the mm-hmm. necessary things day to day to try to solidify, you know, myself, you know, to be in shape for camp and, you know, obviously get ready to make a basketball team, uh, not knowing that, you know, obviously, you know, you know of things that go on and you know of the business of the NBA, but I just didn't know, you know, they had plans to do things behind the scenes, you know, with uh-huh. making a few trades and things like that. Um, they were, you know, in search of a point guard, uh, come to find out, um, to help run the team with Alvin Gentry as their new coach. And, you know, uh, Grant Hill uh, was, yeah. ended up I think, in the second year, maybe his third year. Lindsey Hunter was, I think, their starting point guard at the time. Um, but sure. they were kind of looking for someone to kind of fill in as well with Lindsey uh, and things like that. Um, so I was kind of thrusted into a situation where, you know, I was, as they call, trade bait. You know, as they, uh-huh. they use that term. I don't like to use that term, but, you know, that's one of the derogatory terms that's out there uh, for those situations. Mm-hmm. But other other terms are deals, you know, trades, whatever. Um, traded to the Lakers for Derek Harper. Uh, who yeah, I with, think he ended up retiring, right? Yeah, you know, he played with, you know, the Mavericks had a great, you know, great career. Yeah. Um, well-known point guard throughout the league for what he was able to accomplish. Sure. Uh, but like you said, you know, he never showed up. You know, he never showed up yeah. in, the <laughs> in the trade. He ended up retiring. So, you know, I, I'm sitting there wondering to myself, like, you know, after this is all said and done, like, you know, wow, this guy didn't even he didn't even go, you know, so uh-huh. it could have been a situation where they didn't have to make that move, you know, but again, they didn't know that he wasn't going to play. You know, they made the deal uh-huh. thinking that he was going to come in and play point guard, you know, so I know yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty good shock to them as well, you know, for him to make that decision. So, I, you know, I mulled around and kicked myself a little bit for not putting myself in a better situation, not to be in a situation for a trade, but being a draft mm-hmm. pick, I think I have more leverage than any other guy there, you know, that was just coming on an invite to try to get into camp because I was drafted. I was a drafted piece that, you know, they can use to possibly get the guy they wanted. And I was enough. There was no other part of that deal. I think there was some cash involved uh, with it. Mm-hmm. But I was the only pick, you know, that was sent. You know, so I, I guess credibility-wise or if you're talking about the strength of my draft selection – the athlete I was, I guess they thought I was valuable enough, you know, to be able to get that trade back, you know. But again, he didn't, he didn't come. He retired. So, but I was out there in LA, <laughs> um, and again, you know, you, you get sent from one situation to another. You know, they go, and I, I remember going home actually um, that weekend to Cleveland, and um, uh-huh. I get a call, you know, from Rick's son. Uh, who was the GM at the time. Um, and he goes, hey, um, are you around? And I go, no, you know, I came home in Cleveland for the weekend, plan to be back, you know, Sunday night. He said, well, um, you know, we made a trade. And I go, okay, you know, just now <laughs> here, all right, where, where, where am I going? But at the same time, I'm still, 
very happy and, you know, optimistic about the fact that he didn't say, hey, we waived you. You know, because if, oh, that's you, good point. if yeah. you say we waived you, that means I'm cut. I don't have a place to go back to, you know, and all that. Yeah. So when he said we made a trade, it was like, okay, well, now I'm listening to where. And when he said the Lakers, it was kind of like I didn't hear what he said. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, because it was a long pause. And he asked me, uh-huh. he said, are you still there? And I go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said, well, we're going to send you to L.A. Uh, in a trade. And I didn't find out it was for Derek Harper until I got to L.A. Uh, that the trade was uh-huh. for. But again, you know, I, I arrive in L.A., man, and, you know, you talk about being in a situation, for one, just to get your name called. You know, you, you work all your life. You know, you tell your parents, hey, you, you want to be this and you want to be that. And, you know, you never dream of getting your name called. So to go from getting my name sure. called, you know, to be actually being in a place, you know, where I, I'm coming in every day and I'm practicing with guys, I'm working out with the strength trainers and all that stuff to – now you're getting ready to go to probably, as one of the people would say, probably the most prestigious and classiest organizations, you know, in the NBA. And, mm-hmm. you know, I obviously being a 54th pick, you know, my head is spinning, you know, but I am just excited about my chance and opportunity. So getting there and taking part in what we were getting ready to take part of, man, I was very, very, very excited. Starstruck, yes. I bet, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're in Tinseltown, man. Um, uh-huh. Everything, the sun was a lot brighter, shining a lot more, You know, even though it was probably the same sun, <laughs> you know, in a lot of other cities. But it was just that L.A. feel, you know, that California feel when you, you get out there and you hit that air, man, and, and, you, and you see the people. It, it was it was all that and then some for me. It was everything that I thought California would be. Um so, wow. um, checking in, you know, to, you know, camp situation. I was there probably a good, maybe a week and a half, two weeks, you know, spent some time with, you know, Shaq, uh, Glenn Rice and, you know, John Sally, those guys, you know, off the floor before we got a chance to really, you know, start getting things together at, in Beverly Hills, you know, for, I'm, I'm sorry, not Beverly Hills in Santa Barbara, uh, for uh-huh. our, our training camp and, Again, you know, I'm I'm a 54th pick, man. But those guys treated me like I was a first first round draft choice. They treated me like I was Devin George. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know, yeah, Devin, yeah, he was you know, their first Devin round George draft. Devin George was yeah. the first round pick. You know, and here it is. Uh-huh. I'm being treated like you know I've been there with these guys for so long. And again, that's what I remember. You know, vastly about the situation. You know, meeting everybody. You know, in that organization that you watched on TV. You know, and now mm-hmm. you're, you're in front of, you know, and, and you're wondering what kind of people they are, you know. Um, but now I'm in front of them and I'm seeing what kind of people they are. You know, they're very engaging, you know, fun-loving, outgoing, you know, personable people just like, you know, they're human. You know, they're human beings just like you and me. Um, they just make a lot more money mm-hmm. and <laughs> have, yeah. a, have, a, have a, a much better job. But... Um, my experience. You no, know, it's there. funny you say that because uh, oh, no, I was going to say when you were talking about how they're human beings just make more money. I remember one of the first episodes I did was with Tracy Murray, um, who was on the Lakers for one year in like 2003. And I remember telling him before we started, I was like, man, I'm so nervous. Like, I don't even know what I want to ask you and all these things. And he was like, man, like I 
put my pants on just like anybody else. I, you know, I'm just a human being. I was just happened to be really good at basketball. Just ask me anything. And it just made me feel like so much better because it, you know, just being starstruck with some of the starstruck with some of the guys I talked to. Um, but yeah, just, I can't imagine when it's like, you know, for you getting to be with them day in, day out before training camp starts and getting to see just, you know, what their day to day life is like. That must've been really cool. Yeah. That, that process, man, again, you can't pay for it. You know, um, you can speculate what goes on, you know, in the business, uh, but you really mm-hmm. don't know what goes on in the, the business of the NBA unless you're really in front of it. And, you know, there are things that take place that you sometimes don't understand as an outsider looking in. But, you know, it usually really don't come down to your talent. Uh, sometimes it's about mm-hmm. whether it's a good business fit, you know, for what was going on. Um, sure. Leading up to myself again, leading up to training camp, you know, we had the rookie show and all that good stuff where they make you get up and perform, you know, as a rookie and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Run you through the gamut. Again, that, that you know, if, if you had social media or, you know, if I was thinking at the time, that was been one of the things I definitely would have recorded because you never would have thought to see a bunch of grown men of this stature act the way they acted, you know, and laugh, uh-huh. cackle like they were five and six-year-old kids. You know, but mm-hmm. again, they're human, man, and they like to have fun. And that night, you know, when we did that rookie presentation, you know, was 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 fitting, you know, to to see again who these guys are, you know, off the court, you know. And that that night, it mm-hmm. was, everybody was there, you know, that was going to be on the roster. Um, at least I thought everybody was there that was going to be on the roster. But you know, Rick Fox, Kobe Bryant, uh, John Sally. Uh, Glenn Rice, Derek Fisher. Yeah. Uh, wow, who else was in that room? Devin George. Uh, sure. Benjamin. I, I, mean, I can go on with so many different names, man. But <laughs> we all were there, man. And that was, again, that was a fun night for me because, again, you know, I enjoyed it. Shaq and them enjoyed my performance. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. But um, and, and inquiring about, you know, where Melvin Levitt stood, you know, with the organization, you know, I was advised, actually, to, you know, just maybe go in and ask, you know, because, again, I had mm-hmm. been there now for over a week or so, and I had not heard anything as to, you know, what was going on and, you know, why was I there and this, this, and that. You know, I'm, I I want to know what's up and if, you know, if I'm going to be heading into training camp with a really good chance to make this basketball team. So I, sure. um, I went in and I spoke to um, – Mitch Kupchak, who was, you know, uh-huh. director of player personnel and things like that, and just kind of asked him, you know, inquired about, hey, you know, I know you guys made the trade and this, this, and that, and I was just, you know, wanting to know what kind of plans that you guys have for me. And, you know, as respectful as he could be, you know, and as upfront as he can be, and again, this is what you have to appreciate about you know, the business situation, because some people sometimes when it comes to business, they drag you along, they tell you things, they lead you to believe certain things that are not going to happen. Um, but Mitch, mm-hmm. Mitch was straight up with me and he told me, he said, Melvin, if we, you know, if we make another roster move, you know, you probably won't make the team. So going into training camp, two mm-hmm. days later, you know, I knew that if there was going to be some more guys coming through the door, myself, you know, Donald Williams, 
you know, who was the shooter from the North Carolina team, you know, that won a national championship with Dean Smith, you know, the uh, famous Chris Webber timeout game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Benoit Benjamin was on that squad at the time uh, as well. John Sellerstan was on the team, uh, but they ended up uh, keeping John, you know, as the – Yeah, uh, I did an episode with John, yeah. Right, as a, as a sign-on, as the only rookie sign-on that, that they kept. Um, but, uh-huh. you know, going into the next two days again, you know, I'm mulling around, and, you know, now I go from, you know, being on the highest of highs, you know, to now being again where – you know, I'm trying to figure this out and what's going to happen with me, you know, with this, this whole thing. And it's the second now, within a month, month's time, that I've been a part of a business deal. You know what I mean? Um, and again, mm-hmm. trying to grasp a hold of what's going to be next for Melvin Levitt. Uh, so next day I wake up and I just happen to be strolling through the lobby of the hotel or the resort and... Here comes Ron Harper walking through the door. Oh, and he hadn't been there before? Uh, no. This is, if you keep him oh, up, notice, man. if you know this team, this is the first year they won the championship with Phil Jackson. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I meant, um, yeah, I knew that was his first year in L.A. Yeah. with Phil Jackson. I didn't. Uh, he, yeah. So that was his first day at training camp, like that, he was the was new player? First, that was his first day before training camp started. Um, so I knew then, okay. All right, uh, I'm yeah. really buying time now. I don't know how long I'll be in Santa Barbara, so just try to enjoy your time the best way you could. And you know that's what I did. Um, I knew again at that juncture that you know I wasn't probably going to make the squad, and I kind of at the same time let me know again the business of the NBA. Okay, yeah, Bill was brought in to win a championship, and he was going to put together the best situation that he could Uh to win that championship that year. It was not going to be a test run with Phil Jackson, Mm -hmm. Shaq, and Kobe. They were coming out, (laughs) and they were winning it that year. And he designed the triangle all over again. He designed the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bulls basketball team all over again. All right? He brought in Ron Harper. He tried to get Scottie Pippen. Yep. Scottie Pippen went to Portland that year. He went after yeah. he went after Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr went to the Spurs that year. Okay. Oh yeah, he was on the Spurs. So, yeah, see where yeah. I'm going with this whole deal? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was putting together his triangle. He was putting together guys that he knew could run this offense. And he really didn't have that at the time to spend really having to teach it to a lot of guys that didn't know it. You know what I mean? So, again, that's where, again, Devin George, again, as the draft pick, became the guy that they, you know, put in uniform. John Celestan became the guy they actually kept. Uh, he never mm-hmm. dressed, you know, for the season. He was just on the roster. But that whole nucleus um, of basketball players was partly Chicago Bulls with John Sally and those guys, as I mentioned. And then you can put the super team, uh, stamp on that too as well when you add a Rick Fox when you add a Glenn Rice I mean if you look at that yeah, roster Glenn Rice. if you look at that roster that's a super team if you talk about super teams of the day like they talk about the Golden State Warriors like they talked about sure you know Miami Heat with LeBron and Wade and Boston those were super squads I mean there was there was a super team right there in itself and they went on and showed you that's because true. they won they won three championships with that team 
You know what yeah, I think mean? that first year they won. They went that year. They won sixty-seven games. Yeah. yeah, I mean they they went nuts. So, mm-hmm. in all actuality, man, when I'm sitting home and I'm thinking, wow, how close I was, and you know, upset about the fact that I'm not there. I was happy about my time spent. I was happy about the fact that I had a chance to learn the business a little bit and take away from take away some things from it to apply to some other stuff and. Ultimately, man, I lost my job to possibly a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> to didn't Ron lose Harper, my yeah. job to just anybody. You know, Ron Harper's a uh-huh. time NBA champion. You know, a guy that I watched play in Cleveland for the Cavs and marveled at. You know, so mm-hmm. I, you know, then I watched his career at Miami University here. So he was a local guy, you know, from the Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Area. He went so, to Miami, Ohio. You yeah. know, so again, man, I, Again, I can be happy about my ride, not too upset. I wish I could have found a way to, you know, make that roster, you know, and things like that. But again, when you when you have the opportunity or the experience, sorry, that you have, you have to be grateful, mm-hmm. you know, to where you were. And, you know, having Kobe Bryant tell me that, you know, Phil Jackson likes some of the things that you do, keep working hard. You know, those are some of the things That's that we during practice, you know, seeing those guys you know, go through their process. You know, we showing up to the first uh, workout of the day, but Kobe and Derek Fisher already been there for three hours. Yeah. Got their first workout in, getting ready to do the second one, and then they're there after we leave. You know, and that, mm-hmm. that's the stuff, man, that I, I vividly remember because, again, you, if you're going to be in that league, you're going to be professional, those are the things you got to do. You got to you gotta amass yourself and – in the life, you know, and those guys did that and they became champions, you know, and that's why they're Hall of Famers. You know, you talk about them the way they are because that's the stuff that they did. People don't see it unless you were around them. You know I mean? Again, you can expect mm-hmm. if they're spending that time in the gym. But Kobe Bryant told me, if you're not willing to spend eight hours in the gym, then you're not going to be in this league. And it's no different than your parents putting in eight hours at their job. They got to put in their That's hours. That's a good point. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Get their money. You got to put in your time uh-huh. in this league to get paid. Well, what can you do for eight hours? Well, he showed me. You know what I mean? There's a lot you can do with eight uh-huh. hours in the gym. There's off the screen jump shots. There's ball. Uh, there's on ball screen jump shots. There's off the dribble shots. There's catch and shoot. There's layup drills. There's get the ball to the basket drills. I mean, I can go on and on. But again, he uh-huh. showed me, Derek Fisher showed me that you can put eight hours in the gym if you want to in a day because they did it. They worked out three times a day with our training camp, you know, being one of those days, being part of those workouts. So I saw it firsthand. Wow. And, and again, it was it was wonderful, again, to be a part of. And I, I couldn't pay, you know, for the experience that I got. I, I swear I, I couldn't pay for it. I can ask for it to have been better, but to get what I got from those guys and to put where I am now, you know, and apply it to my life and the kids that I coach and, you know, it's priceless. No, I bet. No, thank you so much for like that, you know, detailed account of your Lakers stint. Um, you know, I've talked to other guys like yourself who may have just done a training camp or a preseason and, you know, you guys probably have some of the more like vivid, specific answers to, you know, just what the day-to-day interactions were like there. And just as a Laker fan, it's really cool to hear. Um, I think I did. 
Uh, do you know Paul Shirley or Peter Cornell? They were in the Lakers training camp a few years after you, but um, I, remember, I don't know if you know them. I remember but, the Shirley last name. Yeah, yeah. So he had a Laker training camp stint and then uh, did another episode with Peter Cornell, who did another Laker training camp in preseason. And um, no, those have been some of my favorite episodes because you all have the experience of getting you know inside the Lakers locker room and on the court with all these guys, but... I'm pretty sure those um, other guys, man, could give you some great takes too, man. But they're so in the moment, you know, that a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff fly by these guys, you know what I'm saying? And they, they, you know, maybe sometimes forget or, like I said, they're they're moving so fast that a lot of this stuff passes them up. But you know, when when you're able to, again to to visualize, man, and see what's in front of you and be able to take it in, it makes it makes it all the more special. And it must be something about us Bearcats, man, that the Lakers love, man, because I wasn't the only one, you know, obviously you had Nick Van Axel, you had Blunt, Corey Blunt, uh, Ruben Patterson had a stint out there. Uh, yeah, he did. Bobby had a stint. So, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, there's something about that Bearcat blood, man, that the Lakers enjoy. So I'm happy <laughs> to be a part of that fraternity, man. Happy to have, you know, been a, been a Laker for, again, for a cup of coffee. I was looking to possibly, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can help me out with this, Jeff. I was looking to actually, because uh-huh. I never actually got a draft jersey, all right? Yeah. I never got a draft jersey, all right? I wasn't in the building that night. Um, so what I was looking to do, I was looking to actually contact Detroit, all right, to try to get this, uh-huh. you know, the draft jersey, not a draft jersey, but just a Detroit Pistons jersey to signify it. But I really would rather have a Lakers jersey, man. It can say double zero on it. I don't care. It can be, uh-huh. it can be a replica jersey from, uh, what's, what's the neighboring? We got Kroger's here in Cincinnati. If I can remember, and this is a California grocery store. Oh. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me see if I got my head on right with the California grocery store name. I don't want to hold you up. I'm not going to try to take too long, but is it Publix? No, you know, I'm. I live. I'm born and raised in Dallas. Just when I was little, Shaq okay, was my so favorite player, and that's the reason okay, I'm a Lake. So, all right, but I think you, I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. Publix is the uh-huh. local supermarket chain in California. Uh-huh. All right, so I don't yeah. care if it's a replica Lakers, Publix, Walmart jersey. Uh-huh. I want <laughs> me a shirt. So maybe you can help me out with this, okay. man. Maybe we can send some correspondence to the Lakers. Maybe send this podcast to them to let them know how vivid. My memories are of being in their organization and how much I enjoy being a part of it, you know, and how uh-huh. it was to me. And maybe we can make that happen, <laughs> man. So. I'll, I'll see what I can do. You know, I, I did an episode uh, a couple weeks ago with um, the Lakers official photographer. He's been their photographer for like 30 years. Um, yeah, so I can see him. Maybe some of the other guys I've talked to who might still be in touch over there a little bit. Yeah, maybe because can um, me in a, in a uniform. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll do something like that, or make your make a basketball card for you, or something. Yeah, like man, that. that'd be that'd be awesome. Some commemorative, man, because again, that was that was a special time, special time. Cool. Well, uh, no, I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, like you said, all the other Cincinnati guys, like I told you, I did the episode with Tony Bobbitt. You know, I've reached out to Ruben Patterson, to Corey Blunt, um, and haven't been able to hear back i don't know if you're in touch with yeah, those guys I, i'm in touch with uh, those guys man i'll shoot them a quick uh email and let them know you know that you're trying to get a hold of them and 
let them know how fun of an opportunity, man, it will be for them to go ahead and do this. Because, again, they did have nicer stints. You know I mean? They had long Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ruben played with, with Kobe. He's experienced being on the floor with Shaq and those guys. And I'm pretty sure uh-huh. they'll, they'll have some great takes as well, man. Yeah, cool. I know Corey Blunt did too. They're uh, Kobe and Shaq's first couple of years in LA. He was there. Um, yeah, no, that'd be cool. I appreciate it. I, I've enjoyed all the stories I get to hear. And, you know, like I was saying, there's an audience for these. They're, um, I'm trying to grow it. I don't know. Uh, for everyone listening to this, follow the Forgotten Lakers Instagram account. Okay. I post pictures of former Lakers, cool. uh, video clips and some highlights, uh, little clips of these podcasts. And, um, you know, players comment on, comment on them. They asked to see if I can find more of them to, to post. It's been a lot of right. fun getting to interact. Cool. Well, once you get it all set yeah. up and hooked up for me, man, maybe you can send it over to me, man. I can get it posted. I know a lot of people would like to hear this, you know, from my fan base, um, listeners of Bearcat basketball, you know. But again, for sure, for people that really wanted to know about the Melville Levin process of that time, I think this was a you know a great take. Uh, I think, you know, we'll explain a lot to people again about the process and what goes into, you know, being a part of the NBA. Cool. Well, we'll do. Yeah, I'll send that your way. Um, probably get it, try and post it in the next few days. Uh, so, yeah, definitely send it your way when it's done. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight, Melvin. I really enjoy getting to hear about your cup of coffee with the Lakers, okay. and uh, I'll be in touch. Thank you, sir.